DeepWatch provides innovative managed security services that empower organizations to be more resilient against today's evolving cyber threats. DeepWatch offers game-changing capabilities in managed detection and response, managed endpoint detection and response, and vulnerability management. All delivered through a unique squad model, a dedicated group of security experts that works directly with each client. From managed security operations to threat hunting to continuous measurement of security readiness, DeepWatch is advancing the service of managed security. Measure your SecOps maturity for free by visiting securityweekly.com forward slash DeepWatch. The most at-risk industries like financial, tech, and government agencies use web isolation to keep their networks and users secure. The Silo Web Isolation Platform by Authenticate allows users to experience the web in full isolation, eliminating the chance of a web-borne cyber attack. You can interact with malicious files and websites without worry, even if you're working remotely. Authenticate enables anyone anywhere on any device to experience the web without risk. See how it works at securityweekly.com forward slash authenticate. With over half of enterprise security budgets going towards detection and response in 2020, the challenge is investing in solutions that can migrate and scale with your business. ExtraHop helps security teams spot threats up to 95% faster and respond 60% more efficiently in hybrid and multi-cloud environments with cloud-native network detection and response. Kick the tires in the full product demo at securityweekly.com forward slash ExtraHop. Welcome back to Business Security Weekly. I am your host, Matt Alderman, joined by Paul Asadorian and Jason Albuquerque. Do you always end up missing our live streams? Need somewhere to flag Security Weekly podcasts that you want to listen to? Subscribe on your favorite podcast catcher or YouTube channel. Sign up for our mailing list and join our Discord server to stay in the loop on all things Security Weekly. Visit securityweekly.com forward slash subscribe. Security Weekly, in partnership with Cyber Risk Alliance, is excited to present Security Weekly Unlocked. This Thursday, December 10th, it's a one-day virtual event, wraps up with the 15th anniversary edition of Paul's Security Weekly, live on our YouTube channel. Visit securityweekly.com forward slash unlock to view the agenda, which is final. Register for free and join over 900 other people for the day. It's going to be a great event. Uh, Paul and I have been like heads down all week. Yes. Trying to get everything ready to and go. Episode 667 of Paul Security Weekly will air this Thursday and feature three panel discussions. Uh, we haven't announced the, the other like guests yet and hosts, but uh, I did uh, do all the topics for all three of those. So those are up on the website, actually, if you, can, uh, if you go to the index for Paul Security Weekly. 677, sorry. <laughs> Got my sevens mixed up. That's your summons mixed up. Yeah, it's going to be a great event. A uh, oh, lot of work. It looks yeah, like we're talking Star one. Wars. So very quickly, Will Rowe Hood was seemingly an extra in The Empire Strikes Back that can be seen running around uh, in Cloud City holding something under his arm. That something under his arm is what's referred to in the Star Wars universe as a Camtono, which is a device used to hold valuables. Um, however, it, the, on the set, it is actually a Hamilton Beach ice cream maker. <laughs> in case you were wondering the significance of ice cream maker and so when they have these before covid when they have these star wars events people will dress up in the orange rebel uh jumpsuit and get ice cream makers and do a run around the conference as kind of an ode to will Rowe hood and there is an action figure form and everything and it was brought back mandalorian draws on all of these like really esoteric star wars references i didn't even realize this one uh john farrow is just he's amazing he's doing an amazing job Pulling off ice cream makers of all things. It's really cool. Of course. It's twenty nine ninety five on Amazon. Just in case you need one for your Just need one. 
as you know for a prop or you know make ice cream it was darth vader week there were actually five three of them had to do with leadership and we had to cover them all this week i just i couldn't spread them out we've only got a couple weeks left for the, right. the remainder of the year and, and i'm like paul's gonna have fun with this one and you so know we're what's just gonna cover all three darth vader's a terrible leader Yep. And I would argue that Yoda is the shining example of a leader. And just a couple quick things, Yoda. So uh, season one, episode one of Star Wars Clone Wars starts off with a quote, great leaders inspire greatness in others. And the episode proceeds to show Yoda mentoring some of the other troops on how to be a great leader. Actually, probably if you're aspiring to be a great leader probably should go watch that that episode because it does a great job and hinges on like draws from the works that we talk about in great leadership yoda has the quote where he says you know you only uh, bring into the cave with what you have i mean this whole article is about that and i just love his line like you know that's why you fail i can't believe you did that can't believe you moved that ship with just the force and yoda's line is great is you know that's why you fail and so for me, and for all those reasons and more, I, Yoda is a fantastic leader and embodies everything we talk about on the show uh, mm -hmm. about leadership. And Vader is just quite the opposite, right? <laughs> <That's> my opinion. <laughs> which, which is so, totally why I found these these articles interesting and mm -hmm. kind of the, the the ties the author tried to to, to bring together here and some of the leadership lessons. Mm -hmm. He tried, right? Tried. And, and you look at some of these quotes, right? Uh, okay, I, I got to go to this one. I am your father, right? It's just right. this whole truth thing. Yes, true. However, it, you know, does that make you a really good leader in this particular case, right? It's it just, <laughs> he, he pulled someone's out here. I'm, I'm like scratching my head going. Well, like, yeah. Just like, yeah, there was, just there like was small details. Some, some... Like he just cut off Luke's hand, by the way, after delivering, uh -huh. <laughs> right before delivering that line. So, <laughs> Right, right. And, and, and I mean, the author is really trying to stretch connecting the dots here. I mean, one of, one of the leadership lessons in the I am your father piece is as, as you know, as a senior leader, um, when reporting to senior management, you need to be able to compress the right information into the right amount of time, no matter how complex the topic or short the briefing. That was the connection back to I am your father. So, I mean, yes, true. That's really... You need to master your elevator pitch, but... Yeah, I mean, that's really... Uh, you should be transparent as a leader. And I think that the thing you would draw on is Obi-Wan, right? Going, well, you know, when Anakin became Darth Vader, he really wasn't your father anymore. It's like, dude, that was a stretch. You could have told him from the beginning that it was... <laughs> then there wouldn't have been this, like, climatic, cinematic beauty of, you know, Empire Strikes Back in, in delivering that line, which is why they wrote it that way, I think. But, you know, anyway. Yes. Uh, the other one that in this first article... I'm altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. Yes, because you're probably going to die if you have to. I'm oh, my like, God. We, so, so, Matt, it's amazing. I, I pulled the exact same two out of this article as the ones I wanted to focus on, right? And it's like a, a lesson in risk management. <laughs> yeah, but, like, also, okay, we'll go back to the movie for a second. Uh, Vader just got finished torturing his friend, by the way, before delivering that line. Oh, yeah. Just throw totally. that out there. <laughs> Exactly the point. I'm like, does that make you a really great leader? Because the the ramifications of altering the deal again is basically I'm 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 going to kill you. I I mean I, I I'm not sure that's what you want your aspiring leader. I mean, to do. We, if you keep altering the deal, everyone's just going to walk away, right? In yeah, the real world, correct. It, it, that's it's that's a terrible 
Yeah, I mean, at, at the yeah. end of the day, the trust factor is is vaporized at that point, right? Yes. I mean, that's what, you know, if you walk in and you plan with your team and you say, here are the rules to the road, here's the rules on how to win the game, and then in the third quarter, you change the rules, you're not going to get much of a trust factor from your team anymore. Nope. Yeah. Nope, not at all. Uh, that same theme comes into the third article around the apology accepted where he actually does kill him. Uh, by um, accepting his apology for failure. Again, a stretch a little bit on the leadership side. I'm just saying. Uh, well, you know, I mean, sometimes Vader uses the force to choke people, and other times he physically picks people up to choke them. <laughs> chokes right? them. I mean, that's effective <laughs> use of choking in a leadership example. Uh, here, here's what I'll say is 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 the second the second article the part three. Um, there are a couple of little tidbits that I liked. You know, before you walk in the room, things you should prep for mm -hmm. um, when you're in the room. I mean, identify the crucial nodder. I like that one, right? Because when you when you walk into a meeting, know who the decision maker really is, because there might be an executive in the room, right? Who's who who may be the CEO. But there may be a trusted subject matter expert in that room that's going to validate everything you're saying or invalidate everything you're saying. But also, so no, you know, back to no, the article it. number one, you know, the ability uh, to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the force. He says that in like a room of people who basically probably have spent the last however much time of their lives supporting building the Death Star. Right. And it kind of ties into your point. Like, don't rain on people's parade like that. To me, that was an example of poor leadership. Yeah, I thought the 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 uh, the suggestions here in the third art the the number three in the part series three. of the of, yeah part three uh, second article in my series um, <laughs> were actually good. Did you, did you make a Star Wars funny? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the the first movie episode four. Yeah, yeah, episode, <laughs> like four. I mean one. I mean seven. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh awesome. gosh I, I knew this was going to be a fun segment with these three in here he makes really good points jason yeah. to your point like find the guy you know is going to agree with you he's over there nodding because yep. you want to see how the other people react in the room so kind of plan that out in advance some great stuff it's just stretching those to darth vader's oh, apology yeah, totally. accepted uh statement was it was a little far-fetched but yeah, yeah. i i, I, I'm, I do believe I'm, separate, I'm separating the two i'm actually looking at the content and saying ah this is good for leadership <laughs> that's good for leadership this lesson learned is good for leadership <laughs> uh yes uh the last one around uh it was talking about empathy and and uh, it's like really okay right uh yeah I can't do that one with, with Darth Vader. I just, I can't. Um, you might come up with an example, Paul, somewhere, but but it's definitely not Darth I mean, Vader. There are, there are some. There's a whole, you know, articles and stuff around how the Empire was really, like, the good guy in all of Star Wars. I never really bought into that theory. I suppose if you drew on some of that for inspiration, you could probably shore up some of your arguments uh, here, but it, it looks like they didn't, they didn't do that. Yeah. They did not. Unfortunately, um, to, to kind of tie into that a little bit, I, I wanted to talk about compassionate leadership because I think the antithesis of <laughs> Darth Vader <laughs> yeah. is having a compassionate leader, right? Um, and it says, yes, but we're not going far enough. And so this article gets into some of the some of the challenges, but also some hints and tips on 
how to be a better compassion, compassionate leader. Uh, so I thought this was a really good article to to kind of show the other side mm-hmm. of the three stories we just covered. Right, right. Yeah, and I mean, to, in today's workforce, you know, we're as leaders, we need to hold ourselves a little bit more accountable than ever for for a bit of compassion, right? Because we all have disrupted lives, disruptive kids, you know, their situations with school and. Um, you know, more and more times I'm seeing folks who are getting quarantined because either somebody they know or themselves they have popped positive for the test. So, you know, we're really being disrupted right now. So having a level of compassion is, is something that's critical. It's table stakes these days as being a leader. Right. I mean, you know, there's there's studies out there and this article kind of goes through where it, where it shows improvement in trust with your teams and, and loyalty from teams. And and, you know, you get better productive productivity in, in situations where. Um, you know, staff have a, a leader that they, you know, they see as a compassionate leader. Yeah, uh, I thought some of the tips here were interesting. I, I mean, look, I practice, I practice candid transparency every single day. I just, I am, I am what I am. The ones that get a little challenging, you know, a daily direct interaction. I think that's hard in the world we're in right now. I mean, yeah, you can, you can do it kind of virtually direct. I, I thought that was a little challenging. I mean, unless you're going into a grocery store or going somewhere where you can actually go in and, and, and do that, I thought that was a little challenging right now. But I see why you want to try to create that uh, interaction of, of compassion in a more direct way. Um, and then adopt a daily mindful training. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have time for yeah, that one. So. I, I mean, you know, I yeah, so daily's, so daily's hard. You know what I mean? It, it's uh, you just. I think trying to keep communications, uh, you know, with your team is important. Both your team at home and your team at work, and balancing the two and keeping that, you know, regular. And I, I'm sometimes very terrible at that. And then I try to make up for it, right? And I'm just, you know, texting people like, oh, thinking of you. Like, didn't get a chance to meet, but you know, I'm still here for you, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I think it's really important uh, to kind yeah, of speak totally. to that daily and, and, interaction. You know, and that's I, hard to do daily because we, we all get busy and, our, and everyone else is busy too. So, I mean, we don't need to over-communicate, right? Um, yeah. But would, there needs to be agreed upon times where we do have communication <laughs> and I think some regular cadence of reaching out to people, checking in. Yeah, I mean, I, t- I took those two, right, the, the, the daily direct interaction. I took that as try to embed it as much as you can in your in your daily activities, right? Right. Um, conversations with staff, conversations with other leaders. Just try to embed it into your your daily operations and in, in the way you present yourself. I tell you and what, one adopt- tip. Sorry, Jason, but one tip I really like is the how like how you feel about how you feeling about that. Yeah, I use that. Right. I find that I've worked that into my regular mm-hmm. rotation, and I'm I'm gonna get even better at it. Um, but I I love that. I love that. Yeah. I think it gives you a much better gauge. Uh, of what's happening because you're not and feeling that, good about it. That's a perfect it. example of just. That's yeah. a perfect example of just embedding it into your daily. Yeah. You like if you're day, not feeling good about it, what can I do to, to make to make this better? Right. So yeah. we're all feeling right. good about it. One hundred percent. And then adopt a daily mindfulness training. You want to know what? I'll, I'll simplify that a little bit. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. Yes. Whatever whatever makes you happy allows you to decompress, allows you to you know relieve some stress. Just make sure you're taking care of yourself. A really big glass of scotch. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it usually starts Scotch with vodka, cigar, That's whiskey. my deal, right? I, I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I, yeah, exercise is important, and uh, we're starting to get into more of a habit of exercising as a family. Uh, and I actually ordered some of those the weights and stuff. Dave Kennedy's really inspiring me because he's all about working out uh, lately. That's like yeah. all of his posts and stuff. And I'm like, 
dude, I know I've I've got the dad bod, and like you're making me want want to get really get back into it. Sometimes you draw inspiration from different things, whether it be Star Wars or you know some of your friends you follow on social media. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're doing better, and of course we're all trapped in the house. So, right, what better way to 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 break up the time from you know TV and other activities? Be like, hey, let's all now the five of us working out in the basement is hilarious, and I could probably have my own <laughs> TV show just on that you know yeah, reality tv show of, right yeah, there right um but it's fun yeah but you should have an outlet and I, I exercise is is important uh to work into your regimen right yeah yes if yeah i, I just need the weather to get a, a little warmer so we can actually get back on our walks because my mindfulness training and taking care of myself starts at about four o'clock when lauren goes is it is it time yet i'm like yeah, it's about time. <laughs> and the cocktail shaker comes out. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but that doesn't do anything for uh, the COVID-10, 15, whatever yeah. you want to call it right. um, at this True. point. So, yeah, the, you got to balance that with some of the exercise stuff, I think, uh, to, to keep that balance, which I haven't done uh, lately. So that's – oh, well. Yeah. Uh, this next article, Three Steps – to, uh, to run better and more effective meetings. I, again, I think I think some good tips here. I mean, especially in virtual meetings, preparation yeah. uh, is a big part of this. What do you want as the outcome? How do you prepare to have that? So when you actually have the meeting, you're very efficient, right? Yeah. I think sometimes we put meetings on the calendar for the sake of putting meetings on the calendar without an agenda, without a real understanding of outcomes. I, Paul, you and I, we kind of experienced this a little bit last week when we were uh, talking about one of the internal projects. We were kind of like, oh yeah, this was a reboot meeting. We kind of like to reorganize ourselves so yeah. that the next ones are efficient, right? right? Because it was kind of a reboot session. Um, and th those are needed at times, but if every other mm -hmm. meeting after that mm -hmm. has a desired outcome, we can be way more efficient. Hey, look, yeah. meetings can be a really positive thing. And we've all been there where we're flying back and forth in email and you're just like, no, like we really do need to just sit down and chat, right? And you, what you can accomplish sometimes in a 15-minute meeting, like I had a meeting last week, 15 minutes, we cleared up all the issues and got a plan moving forward. That's way better than trying to hash all that out mm -hmm. in email. So there's definitely a place for meetings. But Matt, like you said, we've all suffered from the meeting fatigue and just having meetings for the sake of having meetings. It's, again, it's a balance. Yeah. And, and, you know, at Carousel, we say there's good busy and there's bad busy. Mm -hmm. make, make, make sure that, you know, every meeting you're having is the good busy. Bad busy is a waste of time, waste of money, waste of resources, waste of talent. You know, make, make sure you're putting the effort to uh, have an agenda, talk about what those outcomes are supposed to be for that meeting. Make sure people know why they're in the meeting and come prepared if they have to be prepared for things. Mm -hmm. um, and make sure you're only bringing in the folks who who need to be part of the conversation that are required to be part of the conversation. Don't just invite everybody because you can, um, you know, it's, it's, Jason, it's really I, I have strategic. a question about that for you. Is the yeah. bad busy and unplanned work? Are there two separate things? I feel like sometimes they overlap, but sometimes they're also two completely separate things. No, I mean, unplanned work could be good busy, right? I mean, mm. it, it could be something that, so, so bad busy for me is non-value add. It's non-value add work. Right. I mean, think of it from a lean perspective. Right. I've done a lot of work in in lean in lean IT. Mm. There's there's value add and there's non value add. Eliminate the non value add as much as you possibly can. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd put bad busy as an example of 
I start something and I don't have everything I need to complete that task. Therefore, since I don't have everything I need, I have to set it aside, go collect what I need, come back, and now it's taking me two to three times as long. To me, it's a good example of bad, busy. Yeah. The unplanned work, yeah, sure, there's going to be incidents and outages, but as much as you can do to avoid that, and we're going to roll out those patches, firmware yep. updates, whatever, in a planned manner beforehand, before there's this huge unplanned outage, and we all yep. have to drop what we're doing and get into kind of bad, busy work, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, pro proactive um, processes and technologies that can help you um, streamline operations and be more proactive so that way you're not you know, you're not, you're not getting the result of neglect. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's good. That's always good business. I think right? a lot of security is, is like doing laundry, right? You don't want to incur too much debt. And it really goes right into IT as well. The longer mm -hmm. that you're not addressing issues such as laundry, the more work it is to yeah. get to the point where you can set that task aside and move on yeah. to something else. And I, I keep reiterating this with my wife that we need to <laughs> establish more of a DevOps approach to laundry, if that makes any sense. <laughs> but we need to do that in our IT systems as well. Otherwise, I mean, there's oh, too much. 100%. Right? We talk a lot about vulnerability, prioritization, patching. We had a, I had a conversation with uh, John Lucades from Eclipsium today as well. And it's very, it's highly prominent in those two areas. If you're mm -hmm. not, especially with firmware, which the operational risk is so high. I mean, there are isn't with patching as well. But when you're talking about addressing yep. stuff in UEFI, that's a high operational risk in oh, my opinion. Time. You know, when, when, when I'm speaking to teams, I usually like to equate it something real life that people can see. Mm -hmm. And I always, I always equate it to like state or local government. Um, and it's called deferred maintenance. Yep. And state, state and local governments are infamous for doing this, kicking the can down the road, not investing in their buildings, not investing in their infrastructure, pushing it out, pushing it out, pushing it out. And then 30 years later, you know, they have a, an $11 million project to put a new roof on a school when they could have avoided that by taking care of it. Yep. You let the laundry yep. pile up too much before your washer broke. D yep. Because you didn't it. do the maintenance that's on the it. washer. That's it. So, so don't, if don't have the deferred maintenance mindset. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. If if uh, laundry is a DevOps indicator in my house, we've got at least a daily release cycle because Lauren go. does not let that's that good. stuff sit that's around. That's good, yeah. That's, that's the right approach. Yeah, with two boys downstairs, it's like almost every day. Yeah, <laughs> but break up, breaking up. It's funny how it, like breaking up work into smaller chunks is is a thing. My wife tends to like fill the washing machine until it's overflowing, and then cramming it all in the dryer and it's just i feel like it's just more work and when you study the devops and lean approaches it's about mm -hmm. breaking that work up into smaller into smaller parts so i'm like let's just take the towels and do all the towels in one in one cycle and because that's easy to wash and fold and, and put away yeah. right i, I just I yeah. don't know, different and, and here's, here's the stat that i want to see paul how long does your washer and dryer last oh, are you are you yeah, are you taking five years off of its life by doing that <laughs> You could, well, I, no, because they're all sensing now. Maybe it's worse to, I mean, th this is a study in your operational systems as well as laundry is is the effects on, on these types of things, right? Yeah. Because uh, they auto sense how much water. So it's not an issue of resource consumption, but uh, putting a heavier load in each time could give more wear and yeah. tear to your washer than doing smaller right. loads. And, and I mean, these are like same conversations we'd have about, you know, technology and other things as exactly. well. There you go. This is going to be my next article. It's not going to be Star Wars. It's going to be how security relates to laundry. Yeah, it's exciting. It. It's exciting. <laughs> and I, I will also cover how to bring balance to the force. Okay.
Well, I'll wait for that one. Well, you don't want sure. your washing machine to go out of balance, so you need. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't break the shocks on them because it's a pain in the butt to, to replace. Because I, yes. I had to break. I had to replace them on the old washer and dryer at the old house. Uh, but you can replace them yourselves for all those do-it-yourselfers. Uh, quick, before we get to the last article, which is, will be quick. Jason, I don't know if you noticed, I had two other articles when I flagged these originally. I did. I noticed there were eight. <laughs> right. There were eight. And then I read them. And then Ooh. I realized that they were behind paywalls to get the details uh, for the article. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yep. uh-uh. So, vendors, anybody, if you want your stories covered on this show or any Security Weekly shows, do not put a paywall, a sign-up wall in front of it uh, to get to the details because otherwise we won't cover it. Uh, so that's why I deleted those two. I just mm. thought interesting little tidbit. Uh, this last one, I think we know this, right? These are the top security concerns and cyber threats globally. I mean, ransomware is on the list. Phishing's still up there. We've got a great webcast coming up with Kevin O'Brien at Great Horn this week, not only on phishing, but the different techniques and different solutions out there that are really effective and not effective when you think about the email phishing problem. He he is so smart. I mean, every yeah, time Paul and I so, talk right, to him. So knowledgeable. Like, he's just, a, I pick his brain all the time, basically about email security, like in general as a topic, as it relates to phishing, as it relates to message management, architecture, platform, terminology. I, he's, he's a wealth of knowledge, so I'm very much looking forward to that because Kevin's awesome. Yeah, and we still struggle with this stuff. So yeah. this, I think this webcast will be good to uh, educate people on what's working and what's not working because he just knows it. But that's number one on the list. Ransomware is number three. I, yeah. I mean, this stuff Why is clickjacking. Clickjacking is number two. I don't know. I That should be a larger overarching bucket of web app security because to pin it to one style of attack, I, I think, does application security a, a disservice. Um, and while there are effective clickjacking attacks out there, it's, it's not as ubiquitous i mean uh, as i don't know i don't think it's as ubiquitous as some of the other attack i think you gotta tackle web app security in uh, that whole bucket not just click yeah yeah because botnets are in there which is a app a web app security issue as well could be so yeah maybe- i mean bots coming at your web apps is is one mm-hmm. thing you know botnets and how they communicate could be yet another thing and botnets are used for all kinds of different things um ransomware is interesting certainly because it really, the way it's influencing how it has influenced the economy of cyber criminals today is astonishing. And I, I, I never really spent a lot of time thinking about it in that light, that the reason they do is because it's easier to make money directly than it is to 100%. steal something and sell it. I'm like, duh, that's, mm-hmm. that's obvious. And that's why we're still seeing a whole ton of ransomware attacks. Um, and now uh, TrickBot... Uh, would we? I don't know, did we cover it last? We covered it last week on Paul Security Weekly and talked to Clipsy about it today. Has a module that can impact uh, a UEFI firmware, and that's for me when it relates to ransomware. That's kind of scary. Yeah, without a doubt. And you're right. I think it's the economy. You used to steal the records to yeah. sell the records. Now mm-hmm. you just lock up the records to get paid to get the records, and then maybe you sell them after the fact. I mean, ransomware has this really interesting uh, economy around it. You could get paid to unlock it, but if you steal it before you lock it, you could also get paid a second time to sell it, which is just, it's a crazy scenario. Which is interesting, because when you look at web app security, it's not about protecting from ransomware. It's about protecting from doing things you're not supposed to in the web app. I mean, that could be anything from a password reset to you know, some super in-depth technical, you know, web application security vulnerability and everything in between. 
which is what makes it a very unique one thing makes it a very unique landscape yeah yeah i mean it's sure. it's it's you know your your legacy hostage situation is basically what's happened right mm-hmm. and you know a long time ago our government said we're not going to negotiate with for hostages with terrorists right so um it, it, to some degree i think we're you know we're, we're we're dictating the outcome by paying these these ransoms and 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 i get it you know i've had i've had lengthy debates with my cfo right and my cfo will say you know organizations want to do whatever they need to do to get their business up and running again generating revenue they're going to pay and i don't believe there's a bill in front of congress today that would make it illegal to pay a ransom i know there are others uh, gov- U.S. government um, laws that could apply to that, and they're trying to uh, make those enforceable. I believe was the we talked about it again last week on Paul Security Weekly. Yeah. It would be interesting to see if a bill would actually pass that would make it illegal for paying a ransom. There would certainly have to be some exceptions to that. I would I would imagine, but then it yeah. ties into the whole cyber insurance thing, which is yeah so. that was that was from the Office of the Treasury, I believe. That said, yeah. they're going to start looking at finding yeah. people. If they pay ransom, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it came out of the Treasury Department. I think is yep. where it originally came from. The question yep. is, do they have the right to do it or don't they? Yeah, right. does it need to be a law or not? Who knows? I mean, we're not going to see anything settle out on that front for for yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's some interesting ones, like legalization of marijuana is actually <laughs> passing through as as we speak. But who knows where anything will get right now. Yeah, it, it's tough mm. to, to call. I mean, I think the big one everybody's waiting for is the stimulus package, right? Yes. Because yes. there's a ton of small businesses hurting right now. Um, as I said, you know, I, I, at the beginning of the last segment, I, I've been talking to some small business owners and, you know, they're doing what they can to survive. But, yeah. but yeah. there's it's, like a, it's like a, 900, small businesses are struggling. $900 billion uh, bill, yeah. right? Yeah. In yep. relief yeah. fund. Hopefully that one gets through soon because I know there's a bunch of small businesses need that help. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Thank you as always. Thank you everyone for watching and listening. And we'll see you next week on Business Security Weekly.